Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Catholic Talk Show. New episode. Today, we're going to be talking about St. Patrick and all things Irish. Yeah, we're going to tell you some really interesting facts about the historical St. Patrick. We're going to tell you some things about Irish Catholics throughout the world. And we're going to tell you some things about green beer. And may the road rise to meet you, St. Patrick. Kiss me, I'm Irish. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Back in the studio, glad to be here uh, for this show, and we've got got some green beer. That's right. Cheers, guys. Green beer. You know, it's so funny, like all this Irish accent. What did the Irish say? (laughs) Slante? Yeah, Slantra. Cilantro? Cilantro. 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 Cilantro is green. green. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Slantra. There was a cool Irish pub that we used to go to near the seminary called Slantra. I think it was a little bit after, after your time. And uh, yeah, cool Irish pubs. I'm sure Irish pubs are going to be doing very, very well this weekend. Yes. Sunday, this Sunday. And the cool thing about it is St. Pat's is on Sunday, dude. And it's like there's no need for an indulgence. It's not falling on Friday. You know, they impose yeah, fast. all the corned beef you want. All the corned yeah. beef and beer and just celebrate. It's a feast day and a solemnity because it's Sunday. So make sure that you're pulling no stops, you yeah. know, and you're going to have a blast on Sunday with us. So, you know, something that's funny, you know, I always do like the Irish accent. With St. Patrick. Yeah, you're good at it. But in fact, like, he wasn't even Irish. No. So that's... that's say it ain't so. Just don't say yeah. it. <laughs> and, 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 and worse than that, yeah, for most Irish my people, heart. <laughs> and worse than that for the Irish, it's not that he wasn't just... It's just that he wasn't Irish. He was actually English. He he is, and that's got to be even worse. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, he wasn't an ethnic Brit. He was a Roman. Right. So living... He was a Roman living in Roman-occupied Britain. His yeah. parents were, uh, uh, his mother's name was Calpurnia. And you know what? Here's another thing. So actually, so St. Patrick, he was born somewhere around, uh, I think it's Cumbria, up in the north. It's like uh, the north, northwest. The of, king of the north. Well, very far northwest in um, in England, uh, even beyond like Liverpool, right? Mm. It's up there. So that's around where he was born. It's according a beautiful to area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, um, so yeah, that's where he was, there was a, the Roman occupation at the time, and he was a Roman family. Um, but his name, did you know his name was not even I Patrick? did know that, but it's something strange. Like, it's, it's, it's hard to remember what his name was. Yeah. I don't think people are going to want to celebrate St. Patrick yeah, gonna, after this show. They're all going to cry into their green beer after watching this. I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel so odd, though, every time that I put this to my lips. Like, I, mean, I want to drink this. It doesn't taste like it looks, though. Mm. It's good beer. It is good beer. It's very yeah. good. It's tasty. It tastes very green. So, so do you know what St. Patrick's, uh, you know what Patrick's real name was? Was it like uh, Patrios? No. no, it was it was something completely different. Yeah. St. Patrick's real name was Mywin Sukkot. Yeah. Mywin Sukkot. Mywin Sukkot. Mywin. Mywin. My win or the high win. <laughs> yeah. So... As as an ethnic um, Latin living in Britain, his name was Mywin Sukkot, and it's and his mother was Calpurnius Sukkot. I mean, these these were not. It was not the O'Briens and the Ryans and the, 
you know, all your Reagans and Ohulahans. I mean, this was <laughs> Ohulahan, right? <laughs> this was Myron Sukkot. So, um, hey, kiss me. It's uh, St. Myron Sukkot's day. <laughs> it doesn't have it doesn't the same have a ring. ring. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't have a ring, really. All right. So, what, what, how, how did, what, who, who, when did we start calling him Patrick? Okay. So, here's Come what happened. On, man. So, St. Patrick, uh, right around the, when he was a teenager, about 15. He was, there was a lot of raiding in, in the British Isles. and Pirates. Pirates. Pirates of the yo North Atlantic. Yo-ho, yo-ho, a pirate's life for me. Arr. It wasn't really a pirate's life for him. No? Saint, well, Maiwan Sukkot was abducted by pirates. He sounds like a pirate with that name. Yeah. Hey, I'm Maiwan Sukkot. <laughs> Let me talk to you about Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, so Maiwan Sukkot was kidnapped by... <laughs> by raiding pirates, and he was taken to Ireland, right, against his will. Myron Sukkot, St. Patrick, did not want to go to Ireland. He was taken there against his will, and he was forced to be a shepherd of sheep for about 10 years. You, are you sure? Because honestly, like I, I could picture him on the boat, like being forced to go to Ireland and then he's sitting there and he's looking out beyond his one patched eye and he's like, <laughs> look at that there. Look at how many, look at oh, the, look at the rainbow. At the end of the rainbow is a pot of gold. <laughs> you know, think, and then he just fell in love with Ireland. That's I don't how think it was those kind of of Then he became a shepherd boy. <laughs> <And> then he became a shepherd boy. No, uh, you know, so when he was kidnapped and he was forced to tend sheep, um, in some of his writings, he just talks about how lonely it was. And now his family were nominally Christian. Uh, his mother was devout, but he was not at all. And, uh, Christianity, he was just, you know, like a lot of people you see today, they were baptized, but it didn't affect them. But while he's living in this exile against his will, spending countless hours of solitude out in these green hills, looking across the ocean, looking and longing for home and his family, he, he, God called him and in, in his loneliness and in his despair, he found his only solace in, in, in pirates. God. No, not Sorry. pirates <laughs> in God. Pirates and booty and all of the gold and all that stuff. Sorry, Ryan, you're telling a story. So no, like I, you know, what's cool is that Patrick, all joking aside, like Patrick, um, along with so many other people in the history books of the church came in that place of solitude and loneliness, tending sheep yeah. into yeah. a great place of, of holiness and, and communion with God and received their vocation in that place, you know, and it's a, it is, it's a quiet place of reflection. And I, I still remember there was a, a saint, I can't think of, I, I can't remember his name right now, but he would tend to the sheep in the hills and, and he would always direct his attention toward the church. And he would kneel down and do a holy hour in the fields while he was tending sheep every single day. Wow. And he would enjoy this mystical vision of Jesus in the Eucharist every time that he was uh, in that place of prayer with his uh, tending to his flock. Yeah. So after the pirates sold him as a slave to become a... a, a and we're back to the pirates. Back to pirates. This all goes back to pirates with Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he was there for six years in forced captivity, has sold as a slave, tending these sheep. One night he had a dream after, I think maybe this kind of exile opened him back up to the voice of God in his heart. And he had a dream where God said, wake up, Run to the sh run to the coast. There'll be a boat waiting for you. And 
he he um woke up he woke up ran to the <laughs> ran coast to the coast and, and there, there was a boat and Morn, and there was there was a ship leaving <laughs> going back to to England back to Britain not England Britain um he was getting out of there yeah and he and he 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 skipped dodge man he he escaped so what do you do when you escape captivity from a land that you were pirated into and you get back to your homeland. What's your natural reaction? Never go back? Have a cup of tea. That's where I would start. I'd find mom and dad. Yeah. Go Go back back home, find family, and have a nice cup of tea. The thing I love about the English is everything's resolved with a cup of tea. It doesn't matter what you're going through in life. It could be the worst thing in your life, a crisis or whatever. It's like, oh, nothing. I much prefer Irish breakfast tea over English tea. Irish breakfast tea is solid. English breakfast tea, an English breakfast, though. Yeah. Come on. No, I, I'm, I'm sure that uh, he, he did something else. So, well, he went back home and he met up with his parents. Um, and then after that, right. he went to France. He left for France because he resolved at that point when he was freed to go become a priest. And he this went is when to, he was like in his early 20s. He, so if he was kidnapped, 22. he was kidnapped around when he was 15 or 16 and he was in captivity for six years. Right. So he'd have been 22, 23. Right. He reconnected with his parents, and then in his heart, he said, I now want to become a priest, and he went to France to receive his priestly uh, training. So Maiwan Sukkot, recently freed of Ireland and his sheep-herding life, goes to France to become a priest. Now, a couple of years later, after his seminary, which he made it through. Unlike Ryan Delacroix. Unlike Ryan. Who that? Yeah. You would have you still came out of the seminary as Myron Sukkot, but <laughs> not St. Patrick. He came out as St. Patrick. He came out as, well, not St. Patrick. <laughs> not he came out as That's Patrick. Later. That was so, later. I am St. Patrick. <laughs> so Patrick. Address me as St. Patrick. <laughs> the name Patrick comes from Latin Patricius, which means father. Pa- father. Yeah, father. Pa- from Pater. Father. Pater. Pater. Mm-hmm. Patricius. So that was, he was just running around like me calling you mm-hmm. father, right? Mm-hmm. That's what Myron Sukkot. So it could have been that he was Father Myron Sukkot, and everyone just called him Father, Patrick. right? Yeah, Patricius. It could have been Patricius Myron Scott, and everyone just ended up calling him Father, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I just usually call you Padre, right? Mm-hmm. So you was do. Patrick a name before? Patrick is more like a title. Okay. I just want to, I didn't know yeah, if it so was it, like it, a, na- a name name. Yeah, so it goes from Latin Patricius, then it turns into the, you know, the, the Irish form is Padraig, right? And then from Padraig, you know, Padre, Pat, no, Patrick, <laughs> and so the the G saw like hardens and becomes a CK to Patrick from Patrick. So that's that's where the name Patrick comes from. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? And it's really it more is. of a title than a proper name. It was I. He's a father now. He's a priest. Huh. So when you become a priest after escaping um, uh, servitude and and slavery, of course, your first inclination is to go right back to that damn land that had you kidnapped and convert it. Right. Yeah, well, that's what he did. Yeah, we were uh, we were on that hill, the hill of slain. Yeah, that's a great story. Yeah. So when Saint Patrick finally, after his priestly ordination, and he eventually became a priest, and he decided to go become a missionary and convert Ireland, he went across the went across the sea, landed in Ireland, got off the got off the boat, and marched westward, and made it to the hill of slain. And this was around Easter. This was on um, Holy Saturday mm. is when he landed. And that night he went to the Hill of Slain and lit the Paschal Fire. And that moment, uh, in defiance, in, in Ireland at the time, uh, the the uh, pagan king. Druids. The, the pagan and the Druid kings, uh, they controlled the sacred fire. Yeah. And during the, during the um, 
equinox, all fires had to be put out, all the hearths around the country, and you had to get your fire from the king mm-hmm. to relight you know, your cooking it's hearts. It's very and, similar to like Easter Sunday, how you have the light right. that comes in and everybody's doing the candles. Right. And that's what they were, the king was doing in the pagan ceremony. Well, Patrick just shows up on this, on this hill and lights the Paschal fire. And that, that kind of signifies the light of Christianity truly coming to Ireland for the first time. That Paschal fire that he lit on the hill of Slain. Yeah, and they marched out there, and they were they were kind of afraid of them, weren't they? Because well, they like, went out there in their chariots. They were gonna they're gonna put out the fire with his blood, right? But they met him, and they were so kind of in awe of him that um, the king's uh, emissary that they were sent out to kill him actually converted and became, I believe, it was Saint Kevin, the, one of the first bishops of Ireland. Wow. He converted on the spot, and and then his can you know his missionary uh, campaign in Ireland really began in earnest from there. Good story. Yeah. It is. Now, me and Good Ryan, story. me and Ryan actually went to the Hillis Lane. Remember that? It's beautiful. Right, right, remember what was the place. story, Ryan? Remember that time you we went to Slane? Remember, remember, remember that time we went to Slane? Was that awesome? Remember? That's Do you great. remember, Ryan? Ryan? Hey, Ryan, tell us the story, man. Yeah, we went there. We saw the place where he, you know, lit the fire, and there's a, a monastery there, an old, old... Ruins of a monastery there. Those ruins of those Beautiful. monasteries are some of the coolest places to pray. Dude, yeah. it's so there's green and cemetery. so windy. There's a cemetery there. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, there's two ruins of two different monasteries. Yeah. Um, and then the view was extraordinary. It overlooked, you know, hills. And during that time of the year, there was all these wildflowers in this mm-hmm. field. And it was just like, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's... Yeah, and the way that that, that, that hill kind of lays out in that countryside, that's in County Meath, mm-hmm. which is north of Dublin. Yep, not very far. Right, and then a little bit north of that is where he's buried in, in Downpatrick. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's actually on the, the, the UK side. But um, the way that that hill lays out in the countryside, because of its how it kind of juts from the, the landscape, that fire would have been able to be seen for miles around. And it's, it's pretty cool to go there and actually... You know, just contemplate that and meditate on how Catholicism came to Ireland at that point through that light, and then all of the how all of how where it went all around the world from there. The Irish missionaries that spread the faith everywhere, and oh, yeah. the impact of the Irish on the Catholic faith throughout the world. Yeah, there's uh, they call them FBIs, foreign-born Irish, Irish priests. Yeah. 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 A, oh my gosh! Them, man. The tw- the in the mid twentieth century, the Irish missionaries. If we didn't have those guys, man, we would have been in a rough spot. They built the, they built a lot of the church in they the did. United States. They yeah. did, especially in the state of Florida. There's a great history there with yeah. respect to the Irish missionaries. Yeah, I grew up with a, a an Irish priest, mm-hmm. and Monsignor something. I can't remember his last name, but oh, man, he had a real thick accent. Yeah, a brogue. Was it he- was it Heslin? Uh, yeah, yeah, Heslin. Yeah. So, did you know that there? So, in Ireland, there's only 4.2 million people there. Now, the population used to be higher, but then after the after potato the, crisis, after the famines, they really left out, and there is now 34 million Americans of Irish descent, which far exceeds the population of Ireland. Right, That's by fascinating. A lot, seven times. Yeah, yeah. so I've got some Irish in me. Quarter That's Irish, crazy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I have Irish in me too. I mean, I was uh, my, was my great grandmother was Conway, uh-huh. Catherine Conway. My my Irish name is Maher. 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 Oh, but yeah. will you play us well, a very, my name's very Ryan. relaxing song? <laughs> 
My name's Ryan. Yeah, my name's oh, Ryan. Yeah. My, hi. Hey, your name's hi. Ryan? Hi. Hi. Yeah, hi, Ryan. Hey, Ryan. How are you? Hi. All right. Nice Irish name you got there. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Ryan, you're running out of your green beer. Ryan Della Croce. Della Croce. Yeah. So a couple other things about St. Patrick. Now, what's one of the most famous and most common stories about St. Patrick? Driving the snakes out of Ireland. That's right. He said, I am sick of these snakes on this Let's plane. Stomp on their heads and get them out of here. But there was probably, in, in all truth, that's legend. Yeah. yeah. And the climate itself doesn't lend to any kind of type of kind of reptilian monsters. Mm-hmm. Right. It was So when, when Ireland was still attached to the continental Europe... Um, it was too cold because it was during the ice ages and snakes wouldn't have met, went up there. And then when the, when the ices melted and made Ireland uh, cut off and in its own Island, snakes hadn't been there. And when the climate warmed up, snakes never found a way over and him driving the snakes out really is more of an allegory about him driving out, uh, the pagan superstition from, from Ireland. Mm-hmm. Idolatry. 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 <laughs> now here's something that, uh, is pretty, another thing. The symbol that most people associate with St. Patrick is... Shamrock. Right? Mm-hmm. I got my, my handy-dandy Notre yeah. Dame hat on. Three-leaf clover, not the four-leaf yeah, clover. Yeah, which I have here. Ah, right. Oh, you have a yeah. four-leaf clover? Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm decked out. You've got a three-leaf. Yeah, he has the breastplate of St. Patrick. Yeah. Oh, I love that, dude. It's a good prayer. I, that's that's one of the great Trinitarian prayer. prayers. We're going we're gonna to finish this episode with that prayer. Yeah, Ryan, you're going to have to stand up. I'm going to read and your yeah, chest. Yeah, I'll read your chest. <laughs> I got the Googles. Come on, guys. <laughs> No, your chest would be better. Yeah, it, it makes for a better image. <laughs> <laughs> so the, it's the three-leaf clover. And, it's uh, iconic. Yeah, it's iconic. And according to the legend, that's how he used, that's the allegory he used to explain the Trinity to the, to the native Irish. The druids. Now, but I have a problem with that. <laughs> I just think of, I think of Dr. Lopez. This is absurd. It is absurd. You can't, now, here's you a little explain. bit. Here's a little hot take. Hot take. Using using the shamrock to uh, explain the Trinity is is heresy. <laughs> is it really? I, I I'm gonna hold. It's I'm gonna hold that it is. Yeah, there, is a, there is a stem. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, because there's three there's three clovers and it makes up one whole. None. No single leaf is a shamrock. It is a partial part of a shamrock. For it to be Trinitarian, each leaf would have to be fully a shamrock and not a piece of a tr- of a shamrock. That's like partialism or tritheism. It's it's a it's a bad analogy, and it and it's and it's heretical. There is no good, there is no good analogy for the Trinity. Just just stop. Don't try. Yeah. <laughs> and again, we I've shared this on a previous episode, but when I was in Trinitarian theology, all of the symbols were used by Dr. Lopez, great professor. And he ultimately just scratched them off the, the, you know, the board every single time saying, and this is absurd. It's absurd. Because we can, we can never really in a symbol or in a, in a form. You can't. No. It's It's a mystery. It's beyond Mm -hmm. allegory and analogy. Just doesn't work. It's absurd. So now, now here's another interesting is that St. Patrick, his feast day was not always a very big deal. As a fact, it wasn't even on the liturgical uh, calendar for a very long time. It didn't become a national holiday for them until really, really late. Yeah, early 1900s. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, And that's because, you know, it's just, uh, you know, a a saint who, you know... um, Converted some foreign land. No one really cared. Whatever. I mean, do you know who the do you know who the apostle of Czechoslovakia is? Probably not, right? Or the Czech Republic and Slovakia now. Or do you know who the patron of Ethiopia is? Probably not. 
right? So most people don't know that Ireland was St. Patrick, right? So there was, um, there was a very influential priest living in Rome, um, a cardinal named Luke Wadding. And Luke Wadding was an uh, order friars minor, and he came from Ireland. And now he had a very strong devotion to St. Patrick. And while he's living in Rome, he's building up all this influence in, in Rome, in the congregations. And he was, he got, he became pretty powerful. He was, had the Irish college in Rome and this is like the 1640s. And this is after England had, um, taken over Ireland. <laughs> I'm listening. <laughs> Ryan Delacroix. Ryan Delacroix was just on his phone, yes. and Ryan Schill is reprimanding him with the glare. Very, very bad. Mm-mm, you were mm-mm. bad. So he um, he became very powerful and very influential in Rome. And one of the things that his pet projects was was to get Saint Patrick onto the liturgical calendar. Um, he's one of the few people in history, few Irishmen, to ever have gotten gotten a vote in a conclave. Sometimes he's even called the Irish Pope. He was that influential. And without him, St. Patrick's would not be a very popular feast day whatsoever. It would just be another another saint in the distant past. So here's to Brother Luke. Father, Father Luke. Luke. Father, Father Luke, Luke Wadding. To Father Luke Wadding. OFM. Uh, Slancha. That's great. Yeah. Now, there's something else, too, that, was, that I found interesting is that uh, St. Patrick, you know, is always kind of covered in green and like the color green. Well, it was, it was always um, ordinary time there. Yeah. But, but the, and it's also like green for Ireland right. as well, like the, how green of a uh, country it is because it rains so much. But the original color associated with St. Patrick is blue. Mm-hmm. And in several artworks depicted, the saint is shown wearing blue vestments. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's, that's pretty interesting, you know, and, and, Represents, uh, you know, the country uh, in different in different ways. Um, yeah, but the, you know that St. Patrick, for a greater majority of history, it wasn't celebrated with green beer and like the the color green. No, um, it's Savannah. kind of recent recent history. Yeah, or like dyeing the the water the Chicago green, River, the Chicago River. Um, so these festivities, you know, are, are so associated with these things, but they're kind of really modern recent mm-hmm. phenomenon traditions. Yeah. Yeah. As, as a matter of fact, um, it was a law in Ireland until the year 1970 that no one in the country was allowed to drink beer on St. Patrick's day. Mm-hmm. It was a dry wow. holiday. It was legal. It was a law. They closed all no the pubs. Yeah. yeah. How do Irish people not drink? See, that's the stigma. Yeah. 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 It's just a stigma. That that's, is it really? Yeah. It is. They, they do very well without drinking. Thank you. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes. Sometimes. No. Uh, you know, to them, it was a it was a religious holiday and you were not going out and getting hammered and puking in the streets at a parade. They they weren't at they weren't at pubs eating corned beef, which is an American food, and they weren't drinking green beer. They were at home having having a nice family. So you're dinner. blaming the Americans. No, it's always the Americans. Potatoes. We're the worst. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, they wouldn't have eaten corned beef as an American New York invention. It's really has more to do with Jewish, Jewish food. Yeah. What a typical Irish food that people would have eaten on St. Patrick's Day would have been maybe shepherd's pie, roast lamb, and carrots, yeah. and you know, potatoes, right? Maybe yeah. cabbage, but it wouldn't have been corned beef, right? It would have been chicken. It would have been. I feel cheated. <laughs> 
Corned beef is so good, though. So now what yeah, are you going to do on St. Patrick's Day? Listen to this. I'm gonna, what are you going to do now? I know what I'm going to do. <laughs> Another thing. <laughs> drink beer and eat corned uh, beef and pork. Or they would eat in pork. No, I, I do. I have done that on St. Patrick's Day. I've done Day. that on St. Patrick's It's like a pork loin, and yeah. it's like uh, you, you're cooking like apple, apples. Apples. And yeah. It's very good. Yeah. That's good stuff. With like a cream pea sauce with mm -hmm. thyme. You're making mm. me hungry, man. I, I want to yeah. go eat. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, St. Patrick and the Irish uh, spirituality is pretty awesome. And, it is. And it really has spread across the world. But he is not the only Irish saint. And I think this is a good opportunity when we're talking Irish and we got all the attention on St. Patrick to, you know, give him a little, a little shout out to some other Irish saints that did some really awesome things. So who discovered the New World? Christopher Columbus. Wrong. 1492. No. An Irish guy. No, there was actually, there's, there's, uh, there's legends of, um, uh, what's his name? Leif Erikson? Ferdinand. No. Um, He's another Italian guy. St. Brendan the Navigator. Brendan, Brendan that's yeah. exactly who it is. So St. Brendan the Navigator, he is a lot of times saying that in the 8th century, 600 years before, or 700 years before um, Christopher Columbus and 500 or 300 years before Leif Erikson, he, in the search of a solitude for his him and some other monks, him and 40 monks got on a boat and ended up finding the New World. And that's why he's called St. Patrick the Navigator. St. Wow. Brendan the Navigator. Yeah, St. Brendan the Navigator. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I used to go to a church down in Norman Beach. Uh, it was St. Brendan's. For some reason, I couldn't remember his name. But no, that's a, that is a cool story. Yeah. Yep. There's St. Bridget of Kildare, who had one of the great quotes of all time. She said, I want to spend my eternity watching the Holy Family drink a great lake of beer. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Good lady. It is, yeah. Seems like fun to hang out with. What other what other uh there's Saint, saints in, in Saint Columba? This guy Marmion. He was a preacher, bro. There's yeah. legends that he would go on top of these hills and these mountains yeah. and his preaching could be heard crystal clear from miles around. Hmm. Yeah, and the, one of the most probably famous Irish medieval document is the Book of Kells. Mm -hmm. And tradition says that a lot of the illustrations in this manuscript in the Book of Kells were done by the hand of St. Columba himself. Mm -hmm. Columba Marmion, right? Marmion? I think that's the last Marmion? name, yeah. M-A-R-M-I-O-N. Then there's, not to be confused with St. Columba, there's St. Columbanus. Now, he is the patron saint of bikers. Cool. Motorcyclists. Wow. So next time, you know, Father, well, you're out and you're about to get into a night fight with a big group of bikers, <laughs> just pull out your St. Columbanus uh, medals. Rattle, and they'll be like, oh, you get a pass, Padre. <laughs> I don't know if that's how you live. I don't know if that's how you roll in Florida. I just assume so. Well, a lot of my Irish brethren and, and family members are all cops, and, and a couple of them are motorcycle cops. So maybe yeah. I'll get them a. Wait a uh, second. Isn't that, isn't that the plot to Blue Bloods? <laughs> That's my family. That's why I love Blue Blood so much. Yeah. They um, don't watch it. They just they, they, they live they it. They live it. <laughs> you got to grow a mustache. Well, that's a funny thing. Richie, my cousin, who's the cop, he, he has a mustache. Of course he does. Yeah, he's got he's a, a super trooper. <laughs> um, another saint that I, I really love, uh, St. Dymphna. She is the patron saint of people with um, um, psychological, psychological and depression <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and anxiety. Yeah. So that's a saint that a lot of people out there probably could. We should get to know her yeah. more. There's a really great chaplet to St. Dymphna. So if you're feeling anxiety or... Or, or nervous panic or worry about something in your yeah. life. She's a saint to go to. That's excellent. And then uh, St. Oliver Plunkett. He was the first new Irish saint in almost 700 years. Mm. Wow. And he was beheaded by by the English for um, because of anti-Catholic laws when they were taking over the country. Well, they have a canonization process going for um, 
the guy who was Same. an alcoholic. Uh, Matt, uh, servant of God, Matt Talbot. Matt Talbot. Yeah. That's when, a cool cause. When me and Ryan were in Ireland, we actually stayed right in the neighborhood where Matt Talbot used to drink. Mm -hmm. And it's, yeah. it was still kind of a seedy part of town. Yeah. Um, a, bit, yeah. He, a lot of people think he's kind of one of the founders of what they now call Alcoholics Anonymous. Yeah, too. the program. What's that one strip in Dublin that's like a really Temple cool, Bar. Temple Bar. So it was funny. Like I, I went, <laughs> celebrated mass and preached at this local parish. And later that evening, there was a group because we were doing it in, foot, in the footsteps of St. Patrick a, a while back. And I go into Temple Bar with them and we're hopping around different places, getting a beer here or there. And um, we go into this one place and this guy comes up and he's like, can I buy you a beer? I said, why do you want to buy me a beer? He's like, oh, you know, I, you know, I just wanted to talk to you. So he's, we're talking and talking, 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 talking. And uh, I didn't have, my collar was popped. So I didn't have a, I didn't have a collar in. So I just you're had to, point, You're being a Chad with your pop yeah, collar? Yeah, I was being like, rela yeah, I was being <laughs> father relaxed over here. Um, so yeah, I, I he, and then he gets to the point where he's like, I, I saw you earlier today. I'm like, really? I'm like, how? And he was like, you were up on the altar at, at St. Patrick's. And sure enough, he was at that mass uh, that morning. And awesome. he, he saw me and he was like, I want to get you a beer. We're buying you a pint. Man. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. And, and, you know, like a lot of times the priests in Ireland don't wear their collar, you know, out on the streets and, and everything because of, uh, you know, they've had pretty bad experiences uh, doing that throughout yeah, history. Yeah. But, you know, and that's what you hear. What has it gotten to where a priest can't wear his collar in public anymore Hi, without being accosted? It's a shame. Accosted in all sorts of vulgarities. Everywhere that I went with my collar on in Ireland, <clears throat> it was beautiful. And people were saying, good morning, Father. Good morning, Father. How you doing, Father? Oh, Father, where are you from? Oh, let's talk. You know. I'm from America. <laughs> I was in, America. I, I was in the, uh, the line. Um, to go through security at the airport. And this really nice lady from Belfast, she starts, you know, chatting me up and we're talking and talking. And she's just like, you're different than most Americans. And I said, really? Why? She's like, you can actually carry conversation. I'm talking to you not because I want to pick you up. You know what I mean? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> she was trying to pick you up. She's she a was, child stripper. Child stripper. You know what my least favorite part of being in Ireland was? What's that? The coffee. Really? Their coffee's just terrible. Uh, they don't even have, they don't have just like drip American coffee. I went in and I went to a, a cafe and I'm like, can I just get a coffee? They're like, how many shots do you want? I'm like, I, I don't want an espresso. I just, I just want coffee. They're like, oh, an Americano? I'm like, no. no. You don't want an Americano. I'm, they're like, an Americano is just where they take espresso water. and pour hot water. And I'm like, yeah. just regular coffee. They're like, what do you mean regular coffee? I'm like, just coffee. They're like, well, we have Americano. I'm like, dude, do you just like, you put it in the machine, it drips and it comes out. They're like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and I, I mean, I couldn't find coffee anywhere. So I'd wake up every morning, just drink terrible coffee for a week. And I'm, I was like, this is not good. Oh, that's terrible. Gotta have your coffee. Yeah, I gotta have the they coffee. They got Papa John's there. <laughs> no, no, no. It was um, no, Apache, it was Apache pizza. Yeah, but they have they have Papa John's. I didn't there. see that. No, yeah. we, and me we and Ryan went, went out one night, and we were we uh, stopped and got a pizza, and uh, we're like, "This is pretty good." And then we get back to the place we were staying, and Ryan's like, "Where's my phone?" I'm like, "I think I don't know." Oh, you probably left it at the restaurant. So we had to get in the Uber. We had to drive all the way back. Took another thirty minutes. We get there, they found his phone. So he gets his phone. They're like. Let's get another pizza. So it <laughs> took another good. like, and it took like thirty five minutes because this was in Temple Bar and it was the line pizza. was out the door. So <laughs> Apache has the best pizza in Dublin. Yeah. 
Well, well with all maybe this, not. That was the only pizza we had in Dublin. With all this talk about Ireland, if you if you've never been, you know, it's a really neat place. This to segment go. is brought to you by the Irish Tourism Board. <laughs> Ireland.ee. Visit the Emerald Island. There's so many places of prayer and really cool places to hike. And one of those areas, um, you know, Clonmacnoise is a really cool place to visit. Um, you know, but we climbed up the mountain that St. Patrick himself climbed up. And it was a rough hike, man. There's a lot of loose shale and getting all the way up to the top of that mountain. That's the mountain that, you know, he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights up there. Cool. Me and Ryan climbed up the same hills that Led Zeppelin did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we went to the Giant's Causeway. With That's all a pretty that, cool place. Yeah, with all it the basaltic beautiful. columns and Finn McCoy is really... Oh, that's actually really beautiful. dramatically awesome. And that's near Belfast. And Belfast yep, that's is... Right. I mean, that's as far north, more or less, as you can go. That yeah. was The yeah. Irish in, in old times considered that the end of the world. Mm -hmm. And, the you know, that's where they built the Titanic and the Britannica. Mm -hmm. and, uh, good job, yeah. guys. Yeah. Solid. Very, Ship very good. good. Yeah, what's the Britannica? <laughs> is that the... Uh, that was the sister ship. It was a sister ship. It was, it was basically the same type of a ship. Oh, well, and the, <clears throat> there was also the Olympic or mm -hmm. the Olympus or something. Oh, yeah, there was three. Yeah. Yeah, there was three Olympus. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, really, really cool places to go visit and pray. And, and the tomb of St. Patrick's, a very cool place to pray. Yeah, he was the Bishop of Armagh. Mm -hmm. uh, not Dublin. It was Armagh's, again, I think up in Meath and... Uh, or. Now it's about Don Patrick, mm -hmm. and they say he's buried under this big rock there, but it's actually, and this was kind of disappointing to me as a Catholic, because I'm, I'm a triumphalist territorialist, and it's actually now in a... Um, it's in the hands the of... The Church of England. The Church of England. Yeah, yeah, which I'm just like, that's not fair. He's ours, not yours. Stop. Now, and I don't even the design of the church inside and stuff. Yeah, no, I mean, that that's unfair. And, you know, <laughs> after all the religious strife and the, and the troubles up there... Um, I think that it's much better. It's probably better than it has been in centuries, the yeah. relations between the Protestant North and whatever. Yeah, we need to continue to support that. Yeah, John Paul II uh, had a really big part in bringing that peace mm -hmm. and, and out ending so those troubles good. and leading to the Good Friday Accords. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Another thing JP2 did. Well, this was a really, really great episode. I love St. Patrick's Day. And as Sunday rolls around this week, guys, remember, enjoy yourself. I'm calling it St. Mywin Sakat's Day. <laughs> From now on, uh, you're going to change it. I am. Uh -huh. <laughs> Be part of the change. And he's going to toss his hat. <laughs> yeah. It's absurd. It's absurd. Notre Dame, your hat is absurd. It's absurd. <laughs> well, we thank you for subscribing to our channels at catholictalkshow.com. We thank you for following us on all the social media platforms like Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and then also supporting us on patreon.com forward slash Catholic Talk Show. And this is how we continue to spread the good news and celebrate with you guys these beautiful Catholic feast days, just like St. Patrick's. So we wish you all and your family and your communities happy St. Patrick Day. Slancha. Slancha, boys. Appreciate y'all.